Welcome to Ultiversal Q, your guide to the ultimate universe. Now in podcast form. I'm Luke. And I'm Devin. And this week we're talking about... Some FF and some X-Men. And some XFFFFX. And FFXX. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, so and then Triple X starring Vin Diesel. <laughs> and also Final Fantasy X and Final Fantasy X-2. I just started that game. Final Fantasy X? Yeah. For the oh. Vita. It's fine. I've never played a Final Fantasy before. Well, apart from part of thirteen, and I hated it. And I was told then that that was the worst one I could have started with. <laughs> Probably. I mean, people are normally like, you want to start with 7, 8, or 9, 10 gills, weird places with the sports. I've just been playing more Animal Crossing, and I've got good news on the Pietro front. Did you get rid of him? No, I've accepted that I am going to just have him stuck until I until he gets bored and moves out of town or until I find a new person I want to move in and so I can replace him. Tomorrow's actually his birthday. Just don't wish him a happy birthday, Luke. Well, I can finally give him gifts and if I give him clothes, he will put them on. The problem is they get super stretched out. So I think I'm going to make the uh Marge Simpson shirt from uh the one with Mindy. That oh, way sure. she has the... Yeah. So the other thing that you could do, as I was reading, is apparently if you just neglect the hell out of him. Yeah. He will eventually leave. But the problem with that is uh, it keeps me from actively getting the other uh, rewards for talking to everybody in the town. Oh, I see. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'll accept him and I'll make him wear dumb outfits. Yesterday I made everybody in my town wear suits. Nice. Mm-hmm. Except for the two people who I forgot. And also, Pietro, I couldn't put a suit on him because he would not trust me to give him gifts. Yet. I mean, from your description, I can't imagine why. I was assaulting him for a while and he exactly. got very angry. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But uh, we aren't here to talk about that Pietro. We're also generally not going to talk about Ultimate Pietro. First story we're going to talk about is Ultimate Fantastic Four 54 through 57, Salem 7, which is the final arc by Mike Carey with pencils by Tyler Kirkham, colors by Blonde, and letters by VCs Russ Wooton. And I remember Mike in our interview that we did with him being like, yeah, this probably shouldn't have been the final story. And yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that it could have done really well if it came in at the time that, like, Reed was under the control of the uh, Infinity Cube, uh, the Cosmic Cube. I agree. Because... Uh, we do get a return from everybody's favorite queer underground scientist, Crazy Josie, because the weird teens in Nursery 2 found a big old egg that attached, mm-hmm. and Sue got called out because she is a biologist, which I do like that he remembered that she had a specific type of science that she focused on. Yeah, rather than just, here, science. Uh-huh. And you're not as good as science as Reed. It's it's a nice thing. Yes. And, like, as she's out there, she hears about Salem 7, which is Salem, Oregon's new superhero team. And she goes home and is unaware that she's being watched. Oh, creepy Jason Voorhees, like, too. Does Jason Voorhees do weird captions? No, but more of just, like, how you're seeing him just, like, through, like, the, the two, like, red lenses. You always see Jason just looking through the mask. Don't we also get that with Michael Myers? I don't remember. I've only seen the first one, and that was a while ago. Yeah, we get that in the first one. I haven't actually seen Friday the 13th. Oh, Luke, you got to. I know. Friday the 13th is great. Friday the 13th Part 2 is great. Part 3 was great. 4 is okay. Is that the space one? No, that's... God, Luke, that's Friday the 13th Part 10. Now, it doesn't get weird until 6, which is when Jason comes back from the dead and he becomes the actual zombie. Mm. Then you got 
the psychic girl in seven. You got the party boat in eight. AKA Jason takes Manhattan. Then it's Jason goes to hell and then he comes back with space. And then he fights Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And then that great comic where he fights Ash. And Freddy Krueger. Yeah. Yeah. So Sue returns. Reed welcomes her back. And Johnny and Ben did normal shenanigans causing damage. And that is when Colonel Professor Agatha Harkness, who is not an old lady, she's a sexy looking woman in that generic top cow art style. Mm-hmm. She got really bad bangs because they don't understand how to illustrate hair. Oh, very much so. Yeah, she comes in and is like, hey, I've been sent here to see how this team is working. I need to get all of you in one-on-ones. And Dr. Storm is like, all right. And so she talks to Reed about how he keeps fucking up, Ben about how he's just being used as a tool, Sue about how her relationship is falling apart, and... Then she pretty much tries to fuck Johnny then and there. Oh, pretty much. Yeah. So Sue, upset by the meeting, goes into researching the cell, and that is when the city gets attacked by something that we never actually see that causes a bunch of damage. Mm -hmm. The team goes and finds Salem 7 there, and they immediately are aggressive towards the Fantastic Four, and Reed is like, all right, we don't have to deal with this. And Salem 7, even though they are ultimately unimportant, are Alpha Dog, Ghostware, Penultimate, Neuropath, Primal Screamer, Filament, and Synchron. Yeah, some of their names weren't the best. <laughs> no, it's it's very 2000s yeah. names. It's like a bad version of Wildstorm, which is what they could possibly be based on. Oh, for sure. But yeah, Fantastic Four return. Dr. Storm is angry at Agatha, and she's like, okay, well, if you're angry at me, I guess we'll get everybody into a team meeting, where she ends up getting them all angry at each other more. They leave, and then she's like, hey, Johnny, let's go make out some more. Johnny's like, yeah. Josie calls to check in on Sue, who... I kind of want to see the universe where Josie and Sue were like, yep, let's do this thing. But uh, they find out that this uh, cell that she found is something that is constantly growing and dying and expanding. Reed goes to check on her and she has doubts about their relationship because she just wants to get some. And I have a feeling that Reed is not good at sex. 100% no. He's the guy who like reads the Wikipedia articles and is like, yes, I understand how to do sex now. Let me go do the sex to you. So first, I take it that I put it in, in, into here. Into the vagina. Plus, now that he's got his, like, Reed Richards powers, you know that that's probably even weirder. Yeah, and I mean, do you think Reed Richards is warm to the touch? No. Yeah, so it's basically like shoving a squid into places. Mm-hmm. I hope I don't have to title this Shoving a Squid Into Places. I also hope you don't have to do that, Luke. Agatha is then like, hey, Sue, let's go to talk to Carol Danvers. We're going to be in a secret meeting place. And Agatha is like, hold on, wait in this helicopter. And she leaves. That's when Salem 7 attacks. And Sue fights off as best that she can, does a decent job, but then gets knocked into the water where Namor saves her. And then she wakes up healed and stripped of her clothes, which is weird. But mm-hmm. also, it's nice to see Namor again. Imperious sex, guys. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Storm is like, hey, Agatha, could you come in here for a moment? There's no record of you from before three days ago when you suddenly showed up. Also, our email has been hacked into and all of our phone wires have been sent. So she just attacks him. And Namor, meanwhile, shows Sue around Sestanivor, part of the Atlantean Empire, and warns of a parasite who destroyed his kingdom. Vaporized, yo. Mm-hmm. Reed goes in and is like, hey, Sue, where are you at? And he finds the sample and has no idea what it means. And Agatha goes to make out with Johnny again and then drugs him. Namor, meanwhile, explains that Tan Ed Drill, or the Dragons of Seven, or the Hydra 
is a tele-empathic monster that is sometimes one person, or it can turn into seven people, and it destroyed Atlantis specifically. And Namor got an alarm that one of these things woke up, and he has to kill it before it multiplies, because whenever it multiplies, it releases a massive wave of energy like the one that destroyed the city of Atlantis. So Reed goes in and finds out about the egg that they had found down there, but then Agatha appears with unconscious Johnny, and so Reed and Ben go to attack, and Agatha turns out to be the Hydra or whatever and turns into the Salem Seven. Sue and Namor smooch, because, you know, Sue just wants some open relationship, open relationship. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Reed is one of those idiots who'd be like, hey, I want a relationship, and then his partner just goes on a lot of dates with guys, and he's just upset because he can't find anyone else who's interested in him? Here's the way that I describe it. Basically, he is Tobias Funke when they go into the open relationship. <laughs> hmm. Fair. Yes. Sue and Namor return. They find Reed and Ben who are knocked out. Meanwhile, Crazy Josie and the others are working to hold up the Seven, but they end up getting captured and tied up. Reed and Sue, meanwhile, trying to figure out how to stop the Salem Seven. They find the chemicals that they need. And Namor's like, yeah, I don't get why she's fucking Reed. He sucks. Mm-hmm. And everybody's only, like, argument is, Namor, you're a theoretically immortal criminal. What do you have to say? Which is also kind of fair. It is. But Reed just committed... Remember that time Reed committed genocide last issue, Luke? I mean... That was one time. Get ready for him to commit more genocide with I mean, Sue's it's true. help. Yeah. Uh, so Johnny wakes up in the cave uh, because basically they're going to fuck him until he explodes with heat energy that will allow them to multiply. And Namor's like, hey, you guys who destroyed part of my kingdom, fuck you. So he flies his plane into the egg clutch that has everybody in there. Johnny gets free. Sue spreads chemicals that makes the Salem Seven explode, and they die. And everybody else except for Reed and Sue run out, and Reed and Sue make out in a force bubble surrounded by their genocide that they did. Yes. No, I also thought about that as well. Yeah. It's like, ooh, I mean, that's, that's weird. <laughs> technically, you could say it's a genocide holocaust with the original version of the word holocaust, meaning, like, fiery destruction. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah... It's a weird one. Uh, Mike, what are, you, what are you doing here, Mike? Reed and Sue love to get off to the killing that they do. It's a shame that she dumps Reed when he becomes fully evil. Right? Yeah. They could have had even more intense make-out sessions then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this one isn't necessarily bad. I think it's one where the art doesn't help it. And they needed, like, another issue or two to Mm -hmm. make things have time to naturally develop. But I feel like, wasn't this, didn't he say he had to kind of crunch this one because we have Ultimatum coming? Yeah, and, like, this was his last arc before he gets replaced. Yeah. So, we currently have on our list 118 uh, comics. Uh, the top of the list is Ultimate Spider-Man, Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends, and the bottom of the list is the Ultimates 3. Our lowest Ultimate Fantastic Four is the Inhuman Annual, which was really bad. I... It's I not think that bad. This, I mean, there is a quick drop from Ultimate Fantastic Four Annual to the underneath, uh, the X-Men Morlocks story. Mm-hmm. We get some really big drops around that point. Like after one oh after like one ten. No, even after the underneath, that's when you get into Ultimate Iron Man. And a lot of worse stuff. So Um I'm kinda looking in the Tomb of Namor and Think Tank region. Mm-hmm. I, I liked think tank more yes uh i do think this is better than ultimate x-men date night i would agree which was a similarly weird horny story Put it above so, Luke. 
Yeah, our new number 91 is Salem 7. And Devin, do you want to cover the next story? Basically, it is a story about drugs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, It was written by Aaron E. Colliette, with pencils by Mark Brooks and Clay Mann, inks by Jamie Mendoza, and Troy Hubs, with Carlos Cuevas taking over later on. Additional art by Brandon Peterson, and colors by Edgar Delgado, and letters by Comicraft's Albert DeShinzi. Well, way back when he was just a little bitty boy, Pietro Rasputin, a.k.a. Colossus, was a child of mutant powers who had to work as a mobster. Then we get into the present. Team's having a kick-ass time playing baseball, trying to unwind. Nightcrawler's back on the team. Firestar's now joined in. As you may recall, she has come over from the Ultimate Spider-Man comics. And when Iceman returns before breaking apart, followed by all of Alpha Flight, which consists of Vindicator, the Shaman, Snowbird, Aurora, Sunfire, Sasquatch, and Jubilee. Wolverine knows that, but attacks and is shot into the sky. Uh, There's a huge bunch of fighting, and that's because they get their asses handed to him because they want Northstar, Colossus's boyfriend, and Aurora's sister to come back with them. Yeah. Well, you you read that weird, kind of. Fine. Well, it's Northstar is both Colossus's boyfriend and oh wait, that should be Aurora's brother. Yeah, we had been doing well for a while talking about actually interesting stories, and then this one just isn't good. It's like, oh hey, Nightcrawler and Colossus are back together as friends. Remember Yay. when you tried to kill me? Remember when you told me to go to hell? Yeah. Uh... Yeah. I I feel like it's just they had to get back together for Ultimatum. Yeah, hundred percent. And at least it makes no, more not sense. even really, because if we recall their ending, it was pointless. Yeah, but I mean, it's also this makes the previous Ultimate Spider-Man arc where they were back on the team together to get Firestar. It makes more sense. Oh, true. Yeah, and it's. It's a weird team of Alpha Flight here. Mm-hmm. Because Vindicator is pretty much Vindicator, except he looks like he has a lot of police light alarm things on his body. That he does. And you know what those things are, Devin? No, Luke, what? Drugs. Specifically <gasps> the drug Banshee, which, what the fuck? Yeah, that was, that was a dumb name. Yeah, it's... It, it doesn't make a lot of sense. Uh, but yeah, you want me to continue telling the recap? If you would like, Luke. Yeah, I will. So Alpha Flight flies off with the North Star. Iceman is going to be alright, even though he got smashed into pieces. And Wolverine investigates one of the police lights and is like, Yep, this is Banshee. It gives normal humans mutant powers and enhances the powers of mutants. And so Jean decides to figure out why Colossus is so angry, and it turns out that Like, when the mobster was like, hey, you should join our team, the problem was, he was too heavy in his metal form, so he couldn't actually move. So the mobster gave him Banshee so he could fully use his powers, which does not... Like, it is a fucking weird retcon. Mm Mm-hmm. This is like, how did you learn to use your powers then without the Banshee? Yeah. I guess he just turned to metal and was a statue, and would be a statue for a while, which could have worked. Sense. But we, but we never saw more of this. No. Anyways, he's reasonably like, "Hey, Jean, I am really unhappy that you looked into my memories," and she's like, "Well, I'm really unhappy that you're a drug user, so you can either clean yourself up or get the fuck out of here." And he's like, "Screw you! I'm going to form my own team," and Cyclops who is feeling weak, but also is going to secretly be a spy for Gene, is like, yeah, let me join. I'm, I want to do these drugs, too. And so he joins the team that also has Rogue, Dazzler, Nightcrawler, and Angel, who now has the head of an eagle, because he did drugs once. I mean, that makes sense, Luke. Don't you remember all the kids from high school who were doing drugs? Now they have like weird other weird animal heads, too. Uh-huh, that's what they sing about in the Weezer song, We Are All On Drugs. Yeah. Dazzler has a weird spider thing. 
Like, they don't really get into what the others can do now. Like the Tiger King, Luke, that thing that everyone's all about. That man clearly has a tiger head now because he did drugs. And bought more tigers to be with his cool tiger brethren. Are you thinking of King from Tekken? I don't know, I never played Tekken. There's a guy named King who has a leopard head. Nice. Yeah. It's, it's weird because the only other person whose powers we really see that make sense are rogues who now can just control who she touches and can balance powers of anyone who she's ever touched. That That's nice. Mm-hmm. It would be nice if she had that power all the time. Yep. We then get a flashback of Cyclops when he was back in school getting picked on, pissing himself, and then when he goes home... His adoptive parents are like, hey, Scott, are you having a rough time? We know you're not your biological parents. And then he accidentally kills him with his optic blasts. Hilarious. It's weird. Mm-hmm. So these flashbacks, it's just, just like, I don't really know what this is doing, too. <laughs> well, it's supposed to For be. The story. This is where Cyclops wanted to, like, have control over his powers, which is a reasonable thing. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, but it's it's it not, wasn't handled well. Yeah, and Aaron Colliette hasn't, like, as far as I can tell, written more comics than this Ultimate X Men and Ultimate X Men Ultimatum. Like, he's mostly a TV guy who worked on the first season of Heroes, a bunch of stuff that didn't really get far. Uh, he's doing stuff with Star Trek Discovery, and then he's behind the TV show Daybreak, and he's done some work on Lock and Key for Netflix. Hmm. But I've heard some his, of those shows are good. His page has really not been updated, because it's like, oh yeah, he wrote a movie screenplay that was optioned back in like 2005 and hasn't gone anywhere. And most of his stuff is weirdly about apocalypses. It's hmm. it it's weird. Scott tries to go and find out who Colossus's dealer is, but Colossus has to meet his dealer blindfolded, and they can also teleport in and out. Rogue tries to make out with Scott, and Scott pretends to take Banshee because Gene is basically like, "Yeah, we need to stop these drugs." Also, Wolverine, why did you test positive for drugs? And Wolverine's like, "When have I never not tested positive for drugs?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, Genie, I've technically got every STD. My healing factor makes me a carrier. Also, you probably should have gotten yourself checked out. Oh, Wolverine, you skis bag. Back at Alpha Flight Jubilee is like, hey, are we the bad guys? And Vindicator's like, no, the Ultimates are the bad guys. And also every other sanctioned team besides us. We're going to fuck them all up. <laughs> also, Sasquatch is Rain Sinclair. Who's normally Wolfsbane, which mm-hmm. I forgot that she had appeared before. Did she? Mm, like, way back. I think it was like for a page or so. Okay. Yeah, but Colossus's team attacks, and they're doing alright except for Cyclops, so he actually takes Banshee. And that gives him control of his power because he doesn't need the visor anymore. And he also has a bunch of other dumb powers now that we'll probably get into later on. Colossus, meanwhile, finds John Paul, who is suffering from the Banshee and who is strapped up. And when he frees him, it turns out that he was strapped up because he was causing earthquakes. So Colossus has to kill him because this is just an awful drug safety episode. Mm-hmm. Scared straight. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Jean has been using the Phoenix to try and find a way into the afterlife. She runs into Norrin Rad, who's like, hey, uh, you're not allowed to do this. You're going to start some wars. She doesn't care. But then Jean, who's trying to push the X-Men to train harder, is like, hey, y'all need to do better. Nightcrawler reaches out because he's like, hey, Jean, we're in the bad part of the musician biopic where uh, we're doing awful things to get drugs. We're beating up Magneto's acolytes because we want drugs because we're all addicted now. And Scott's like, hey, Gene, I can see your psychic form. Get the fuck out of here. I'm tired of being weak. And he shoots her back to her body. And Gene's like, oh, shit. 
Cyclops can stand up to me. We need to do something. Kitty and Spider-Man are meanwhile fighting some Banshee users when Wolverine shows up looking for Spider-Man's help. Spider-Man's like, hey, why did he come to me? And Wolverine's like, because you are free to do shit. And Spider-Man figures out that Wolverine tests positive because Banshee is partially made from Wolverine's DNA. Yes. Uh, That makes sense. Yeah, in Siberia, after Colossus takes the time to bring everybody a fucking bear back to eat, Jean and her X-Men team appear to fight. Jean is using her phoenix powers, but then her dad appears, and it turns out that she has daddy issues because her dad never gave her attention when he was alive, and he's like, hey, Jean, get the fuck out of heaven. Go fight your junkie friends. And so she falls to the ground unconscious, and Wolverine cuts out Colossus's heart, which doesn't kill him. Because, yeah, sure. Yeah. We then get another flashback, where it turns out that Charles developed the early form of Banshee, so he could fight dinosaurs in the Savage Land with his buddy Magneto. And he was getting Wolverine's powers from that, but because he had psychic abilities, he was able to fight the addictive effects. Good for you, Papa Charles. Yeah, it's... it's. Also, did they even know who Wolverine was at that point in the game? I don't know, because we know that Wolverine showed up and was buddies with Magneto for a while. Because that's when he sent... Because uh, that's when Magneto sent Wolverine to go kill his shit son. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, anyways, back in the present, the fighting gets worse. Nightcrawler wakes up Gene and... He's like, hey, Jean, go get our secret weapon, because I apparently can't do that. So she gets John Paul, who is not dead. He's just paralyzed from the waist down. And Colossus is like, oh, no, my drugs have done this. Let's give up. And Scott's like, fuck that. I can fly now. I can survive in space. So while everybody else is going to heal, Scott goes to the moon where Jean finds him and is like, hey, You know those drugs giving your body power? (laughs) They're gone now! And Phoenix is the drugs out of his body. It's like, yeah, you like having control over your powers? I could probably fix that, but fuck you, get back to wearing glasses. You're my bitch forever, Scott. And then Scott suffocated because he could now no longer survive on the moon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. And so Wolverine heads to Muir Island because he thinks that Xavier was behind everything and attacks him for producing the Banshee, but you know who it turns out was actually producing the Banshee? Moira McTaggart. Yeah, and she has powers like Banshee from the comic, and she's like, hey, I needed money to take care of all these mutants because I will call Charles Xavier out for his hypocritical shit. But I'm going to be a drug dealer and have apparently been a drug dealer for at least a decade. If not longer. Mm-hmm. Real Breaking Bad type stuff. Yeah, Wolverine destroys her production facility and then Xavier is like, oh, well, this is done forever. And Quicksilver's like, hey, Moira, you're, you're coming with me. We've got plans. We've got an ultimatum to give. <gasps> yeah, I... Quicksilver? Mm-hmm. I thought he was dead, Luke. Quicksilver's never really dead, Devin. It's true. Because God keeps forgetting about him. Honestly, that's the best way to come back. <sighs> yeah. If everyone forgets that you're dead, how can you truly be dead? Mm-hmm. I mean, theoretically, this could have been... No, like, this probably could have fallen somewhere in between... Mm-hmm. Ultimates 3, except that it wouldn't make sense there. We'll probably get some really just bad explanation in Ultimates in Ultimatum if they actually care about this. Yes. I don't think they will. I don't think they will. Yeah, so uh, Ultimate, or Absolute Power, because they already use the title Ultimate Power elsewhere, not good. Not good at all. I I mean, we have a lot of really bad Ultimate X-Men stories. And this one has to do a lot of heavy lifting. At, at first, I was like, oh, they're playing baseball. Maybe this will go well. I agree. That was fun. 
and then it gets to Nightcrawler and Colossus, and it's like, hey, remember when you told me to go to hell? It's like, yeah. Remember when you led a group of evil sewer mutants? What happened to them? We'll just ignore it, because here's Alpha Flight now. They're on drugs. How do you feel about this compared to Ultimate X-Men Sentinels? Oh, uh, worse. Ultimate X-Men Apocalypse? I, I feel like this actually got wrapped up a bit more yeah. effectively than Apocalypse did. So between I, those two? Yeah. Well, that means that we get to keep Kirkman as our worst X-Men writer so far. As Ultimate X-Men 94 through 97 Absolute Power enters in at number 116. It's because Jeff Loeb never got his shot to <laughs> write him. God. Yeah. I had hopes that this would be, like, something maybe worth remembering. It wasn't. Yeah, no. So. Yeah. And then, last but not least... We have Ultimate X-Men Fantastic Four Annual and Ultimate Fantastic Four X-Men Annual. The first issue was written by Aaron E. Collette and Joe Pekaski, with pencils by Dan Panosian and Mark Brooks, inks by Danny Mickey and Troy Hupps, colors by John Rauch and Antonio Fabella, with comic crafts Albert DeShinzi on letters. And then the second one has art by Brandon Peterson and Eric Nguyen. Colors by John Rauch with Antonio Fabella again, and letters again by Comicraft's Albert DeShinzi. Yeah, this is going to be confusing, because Devin, you know what we got to deal with? Time travel. Yeah. So, 20 years in the future, the X-Men, led by Wolverine and Captain America, hijack a train, get help from Kitty Pride, who has Spider-Man's web shooters, a boy going by Phoenix who can psychically control people, and Rogue... And they say a prayer before the train crashes, and it's a weird prayer. Mm-hmm. In the present, Sue is waiting for her date with Reed, and Reed realizes he forgot about the date, so he goes back in time and makes plans that previously did not exist, which seems like it could be a more important thing than it actually is. Yep. Like, that's some shitty time traveler. Maybe Reed should just remember that he has a date with his girlfriend. Yeah, I feel like, because uh, this is written by Joe Pekaski, who's going to take over Ultimate Fantastic Four for Ultimatum. Like, this would have not happened with Mike Carey's. Nope. Yeah. So, the rail car crashes in the past, and the future X-Men get out, and Captain America's like, We come from a future where every other mutant got killed or arrested. And they attack, and the X-Men end up stealing Reed. Meanwhile, Rogue in the present is dealing with withdrawal and residual symptoms and tries to talk to Wolverine about it when the Fantastic Four show up and are like, Hey, X-Men from the future just stole Reed. We kind of like him, or at least we need him. Will you help us? And Jean is like, Yeah, that should be pretty easy. I'm using my omnipotent god powers without any problem now. And it's like, Oh, yeah, here's where all of the extra X-Men are. The future X-Men use Phoenix to try and kill Reed, but he can't die. Which, we are all cursed with Immortal Reed. Mm-hmm. Immortal Reed. Ultimate Reed. Yeah. And Reed realizes that Phoenix is a version of his son Franklin from this future timeline. And that is when he is stabbed as swarms of cybernetic Wolverine Sentinels attack. The X-Men and Fantastic Four find that most of the team is dead or dying, including Captain America, who was actually Cyclops, who got depowered. And they find a single severed Wolverine clone head, more the deaths of people who seem to have inconsistently died. Mm -hmm. And then we see the future, where future Iceman is being captured and put into future prison next to past Reed Richards, and they're being held captive by the future Fantastic Four, which is... Susan Storm, I'll use Susan instead of Sue, Firestar from the future, Namor, and Ben Grimm, who is now in a metal suit. In the present, current Wolverine, future Kitty, who apparently didn't die, 
current Firestar and Ben Grimm attack the Helicarrier to steal Pym particles and retrieve them, and it really doesn't serve a purpose. Like, no. five or six pages are used on this. And it's just like, oh yeah, we needed this to open the portal. And it's like, you didn't need to have that in there. So they plan to go into the future to break out all the other heroes who are arrested in the end zone prison and save their friends from Susan, who is evil. Meanwhile, in the future, Reed is angry and confused, but he's happy to see that Ben Grimm finally got turned back to being human. And Susan explains that she wants to cure all mutations. And this seems like a thing where Reed could be like, hey, Ben, my buddy, uh, do you think that there's any records of how you got sent back to being a baseline human? But that's not followed up on. Reed doesn't care. He doesn't want the easy answers, Luke. At least in here. No. He is sexually thrilled by the chase. Great. So past Johnny, Ben, Firestar... Iceman and Future Kitty are going to find past Reed in the future and anyone else that they can find. Well, Gene, Wolverine, Rogue, the Sentinel Head, Phoenix, and Sue are going to go to the Endzone prison to try and break people out. And when they get to that prison, Nihil and his army shows up. Meanwhile, Ben gets them into the Fantastic Four base where they find the future Fantastic Four and Susan is trying to get Reed to work on his promise to fix everybody using the machine that missing, presumed dead, Future Reed found. But it turns out that Nihil is actually Future Reed, who wants to help Sue from the past, and we find some other stuff, like Future Firestar and Ben are in a relationship, and Reed removes Iceman from the future's powers, and this gets all of the X-Men who were there to fight. And Susan's like, okay, Reed, let's get you out of here. I need you to do more of this power removal. Nihil explains that he'd lost his powers when he cured Ben and also took the powers of Cyclops and Captain America who were there for whatever reason. Because, yes, I'm sure that's what they want to do with their days to watch Reed Richards depower the thing. Nihil explains that Sue is Phoenix's mom and they all have shit coming up, specifically Ultimatum, that they're going to have to deal with. And then they attack the Wolverine Sentinel army, and in the fight, Phoenix is like, Hey, Gene, you know how you have this Phoenix energy that you don't want to fully use? I'm going to steal it, because I am working for Susan, my mom. Back on Earth, Rogue Wolverine and the Sentinel head find the core future Wolverine and cut him free, which turns off all the Sentinels. Johnny realizes that all of this probably happened because he died in this future timeline. And then Reed blasts Susan and Franklin with the depowering ray and everyone is freed. And presumably, Jean gets her powers back. Presumably. The present heroes return to the past. Johnny's like, hey, Firestar, I think that you're hot. We should go on a date sometime. Rogue considers dating Wolverine because the future Wolverine and Rogue were in a relationship, and then Reed asks Sue to be his wife. Or, and then Reed plans to ask Sue to be his wife because he has a ring. Which doesn't make sense. I agree. So, like, after you saw that future, is that the future you want, Reed? A future where... Namor is actively sleeping with his wife and he is banished because Johnny died? Basically. I think Reed is just going to realize that he needs to make Johnny immortal so he can't die. Yeah. Also, it doesn't even matter either because, let's be real, that future's never happening. I guess. Well, first off, the Ultimate Universe doesn't even exist. (laughs) No, it's back to existing. Is it? Yeah. When did that happen? It was returned in Venom and Miles Morales. Oh, okay. As of last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's not good, mainly because there's a lot of moving parts that don't have time to breathe and... This was time travel done bad. Yeah. It was confusing. It does not make me excited for Joe Pekaski's limited run on X-Men. Me neither. 
Uh, let's see. He worked on Marvel's Cloak and Dagger, Underground, and Heroes, including the Heroes comics. Uh, he wrote some of uh, Netflix Daredevil as well. Which seasons? Ah, uh, da, 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 da. Episodes. Uh, season one. Okay, then. The great season. Uh, he also did that weird uh, future... Yeah, the uh, season two uh, heroes. Yeah, he just did... Oh, he wrote that episode where the cheerleader cuts her toe off. Cool. I never actually watched that show. Oh, yeah. He wrote, uh, like, the first three episodes of season two of Heroes, which was the one that got fucked over by the TV show. Or that got fucked over by the writing strike. Oh, okay. Yeah. There was a whole time travel thing that he apparently did not write, but that basically ended with... Oh, Peter Petrelli, your girlfriend got trapped in an alternate timeline. Well, she doesn't exist anymore. Let's ignore this completely. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, Ultimate Fantastic Four, X-Men Annual. Where do we want to rig this? Because it's not good. I don't think there's anything actively bad about it, and it moves fairly quick. I would agree. I don't think it's as bad as some of the other stuff we've been reading this time. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it compared to Salem 7? Better. Uh, Tomb of Namor? Yeah, better. Uh, Ultimate Secret? Better. Ooh. Okay. Ultimate Spider-Man Morius. Eh, not as good. I don't think it's as good as 4 Cubed or Ultimate 6, because Ultimate 6 at least had some memorable moments. Mm -hmm. This is going to be something that we forget. Oh, 100%. Uh, it's an inconsequential story that went nowhere. The most dangerous game. That's the Ultimate X-Men versus Arcade. Uh, that was better. I liked that better than this. Uh, Ultimate Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and the Marvel team-up. This at least made more sense. Agreed, this is better. So our new number 82 is Ultimate X-Men Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four X-Men Annual number one. And Devin, do you know what we got this week? A question? Uh-huh. <gasps> I mean, we also Pray had one tell. last week. I just forgot to message. Ooh, we got a message about a comics box rumble is doing a zine about the ultimate universe cool uh oh they don't have anything more about that well andrew wants to know our good friend hukus lucas wants to know if there had been an if there had been a fox x-men fantastic four movie could it have used any elements of this crossover no no like, we are way too far from anything dealing with a future plans. Agreed. It's... No, yeah, this would not have worked at all. No. I think if we were going to do something that, uh, like, included... Yeah, no, I mean, you'd probably have to go with the previous X-Men Fantastic Four crossover with the Mad Thinker. Mm-hmm. Because that had issues. But, uh... Or the 616 Ultimate versus Fantastic... Or X-Men versus Fantastic Four. Yeah, or the new one that's going on currently. Oh, sure. Though you haven't read that, correct? Correct. Yeah, I mean, it's got chip writing of the Dodsons on art. Oh, nice. But also, it's essentially a modern-setting retelling of the old X-Men Fantastic Four crossover. Oh, okay. Yeah. Doctor Doom is in it. Everyone does love some Doctor D. Wait, why does Scotty... Why is Scotty doesn't know... Why is it trending? 
Dude, I don't know. There's a lot of things that happen on Twitter that I don't understand. Yeah. Oh, someone didn't know what the song was. Apparently, and now Twitter's just having a thing. That's that's because if we're going to be real, yeah. But then no one actually knows, because only like one person said something, and then it's just everyone else being like, I was trying to figure out why this was trending. Mm Mm-hmm. That's what trending is. Welcome to our new trending podcast. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was... This was not a great week for stories, but you know what it's better than? What, Luke? What we're covering next week. What are we covering next week, Well, in two weeks. Next week we're covering nothing because no superhero movies are coming out anymore. But in two weeks, on May 3rd, our... Free comic book day special, even though free comic book day is not happening this year at this time. And Black Widow is not coming out this year at this time. Uh, We're officially getting to Ultimatum. Specifically the first two issues along with Ultimate Origins, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, and Ultimate Fantastic Four. Actually, that's not true. I actually really, the uh, Ultimate Spider-Man issues are good. Oh, yeah, but I mean, that's the exception. Oh, wait, no, I think it's Requiem. We have to wait till after the fact. Yeah, we'll have to deal with a few issues of Spider-Man trying to do the Spider-Man thing, but it not being great. No, no, the Spider-Man ones are still good. But there's the one, there's the aftermath issue, the one that's purely focuses on Jameson, which is Jameson. honestly one of the best issues. Oh, yeah, I mean, I still remember... Uh, the, like, image of, like, Spider-Man swimming against the tide. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that, that's a great issue. Yeah, it's actively haunting. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, we're going to have a full 14 issues as we also deal with Ultimate Origins and more. So, uh, Devin. Yes, Luke. You know what we've been doing in our free time slash on the weeks that we don't have new Ultiversal Q? Watching some classic Nicolas Cage films. That is correct. And you know what finally has reached online streaming? What? Valley Girl. Of course it has. Yeah. uh, Just like the times that we brought other uh, books, uh, Valley Girl is now available to rent for Amazon Prime, Google Play, and YouTube. As of uh, four fucking days ago. Nice. On the one hand, good for everyone else for being able to watch. Oh. Oh, that's because they put up a trailer for the new Valley Girl. Oh, did they? Uh-huh. Yeah, I am posting a now. link. Well, in that case, let's take a look to see if... What's it called? Is that... Yeah, I am watching this right now. Still no love for Wild at Heart. Damn. Luke's cringes make me want to watch now, too. Okay, yeah, apparently Logan Paul is just going to be get, getting the shit beaten out of him, which is nice. Yeah. I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. It feels like it's going to be a lot more 80s nostalgia instead of actual 80s stuff, which is partially what they're building into it. But, yeah. No, less thank you now? Yeah. But yeah, uh, our next episode of the free-to-listen-to Nicolas Cage podcast is available on Patreon. I'm also going to look into just making a separate feed for all of the random stuff that I'm doing now. Uh, that way, I don't have to direct people to the Patreon where it, I feel like they're not going to listen to it. That's fair. But our next our next episode is going to be on Raising Arizona. A classic. Uh-huh, which Abby has not seen it's a shame, because it's a classic. Good thing she'll get to see it now. Yes. Yeah, uh, I, was, so, I was not into that trailer. <laughs> yeah, it, it feels a lot like the Jim movie that came out a few years ago. Yeah. That movie was bad. I also really enjoy that movie. That movie was bad. 
Okay, uh, so Devin, where can people find you online? Oh, you can find me online at Fred Fett, that's F-R-E-D-D-L-F-E-T-T, and Luke, where can people find you? You can find me online at at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. I am also on the RPG Pals Club podcast, which updates on the 1st and the 15th of each month. We've got a beholder in the party now, it's very good. Uh, and then Established Property Playhouse is coming at some indefinite point in the future when I've got enough of a buffer to feel safe getting that started. Uh, yeah, and I think that's about it. Oh, uh, if you check out the Patreon that I have, which is under my name, Luke L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R, there's a Animal Crossing, uh, Lovecraftian horror type, uh, type, uh, type, uh, actual play that you can check out there. I also made a Jet Set Radio role-playing game using uh, lasers and feelings. And I think that's mostly it. Uh, Multiversal Q, currently Multiversal Q, is posting on alternating weeks. Uh, come back in two weeks for the start of Ultimatum. And, uh, yeah. We're yeah. on Twitter. We're on Facebook. Thank you for listening. Keep sending us more uh, information. Or keep sharing the podcast so more people get into this thing. Yeah. And, uh, that's about it. Yeah. See you in two weeks for things to get worse. Catch you on the flip mode. Catch you on the flip mode. Peace. Peace.